one. All right, I think we're on. Yo, yo, what's up? Well, seems like um, more of uh, this virus popping up is getting a it's getting a little bit of a company, and now that we have reports of bubonic plague outbreaks in China as well. Yeah, man, we're looking pretty smart with our with our um, logo with our plague doctor masks. Yeah, you know, if you um, like live long enough to whatever, come the hero or you know be the bad guy. What's that line from Batman? It, um, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a situation now where the states that decided to reopen, uh, particularly Florida and um, Texas, are seeing uh, critical spikes now in COVID cases. Um, the hospital my mom works in is at capacity. Oh, shit. Um, San Antonio, Houston, also at capacity. So our more populated centers are, are really reaching a, a, a pretty bad point. Uh, I think it's safe to say, as a nation, we're we've lost the battle to COVID. COVID is one. Yeah, it's just like they're just gonna give up now, too, right? I like, I don't. I mean, I don't really see anything in leadership that's gonna say that it's gonna. They're gonna be able to turn this thing around and turn the tide of it. I mean, the the, the it's state. a <laughs> it's it's a trademark of the United States, I guess, to go ahead and say individual states are doing better than some other ones and we're completely divided among the states on how to handle it, which you'd kind of say at this point is where the federal government is supposed to step in with mandates and uniform kind of policy. (laughs) That's the role of the federal government is to kind of settle disputes among the states and say, all of y'all motherfuckers do this. But, you know, we do not have great leadership at the helm of the federal government, you know, so... But like the, the reason are, that's not applicable is because we, there's no, you know, there's no border protections, right? Like, no, it doesn't really matter if New York is doing good and Texas is not because people travel in between those states every day. Yes. I mean, like, did you see any kind of restrictions? You travel down to Florida. No. And then no, coming back nothing. to Illinois. <laughs> nothing. Like, no, like, <clears throat> you know, nobody... Nobody even, like, asked. There was no, you know, I mean, we didn't stay at any hotels or anything like that. But, like, no, there was nothing like that. And I think, like, I don't know, like, I kept, like, debating it with my mom. And she was trying to say, like, oh, like, look, like, you know, the cases are mostly down there by by Miami. Like, there's not a whole lot up here. And I was like, well it seems to me like it's even more dangerous because people are probably coming here getting sick and right. then going back where back they came from or wherever like, they're going from. Yeah. But 
they're not, uh, not going to be reported as statistics in that region. So could you give an idea of where people's attitudes are in regards to the virus and precautions and that kind of thing uh, as far as Florida? I, I mean, this is just like anecdotal and I'm totally, you know, maybe my own biases are coloring this, but it seemed like. No, no, no. It's field reporting, bro. It's field well, reporting. Like, You're at ground zero. I was so like I was in like a, you know, a resort town, I guess. Like, I don't know, like, you know, on the panhandle by Panama City. So like everybody there was from out of state. You know, most of them are from like Atlanta or Louisville or, you know, Nashville, like, you know, a- areas in the southeast. Right. And, you know, they're all mostly well to do, too. You know, it's like upper uh-huh. middle class. And above, like, you know, it was like, um, you know, probably 95% white, you know, something like that. And they, like, very few of the vacation people were wearing masks, but it seems like a lot of the workers and stuff are starting to, like, you know, get serious about it. Right. And it, like, you know, it was like what kind of the dynamic we've been seeing all along is like the you know, sort of like the, like the PMCs and like the, that kind of like class are not too concerned about it. You know, the people who have like, you know, good health care and can work from home and take time off work and not starve. Like, yeah. They're being lax about it, but the people who, you know, need to stay healthy are doing their best to stay healthy despite their, you know, their government failing them at every level. You know, like yeah. if you, I mean, all the businesses, the people working everywhere we're all wearing masks and seem pretty serious about it well, as far but, as the individual people no none of them were like very they don't they don't seem concerned no i mean i it's like it was kind of a weird period though right because like when we planned the trip and when everybody else probably planned their trip it was kind of a more like we thought it was kind of like you know in a lull right like it seemed like we were kind of bending Plateauing. the curve a little bit you know and I don't know if they had just been carrying that vibe with them and hadn't really noticed that the cases had been taken up. But yeah, yeah man, like it, it was, it's, we a, were it's at that. you know, it's really the same kind of thing here up until probably this week where you had people that were kind of lax about the whole thing and not really like, Oh, well, you know, I guess it's already gone away. It's been here for a while. And then you had a very kind of that, lackadaisical attitude about the virus at this point and people were thinking everything was going to about to get back to normal and then we had this just monstrous spike even in my city where you're just getting where now our system's getting overwhelmed and you um you know like i told you my my girlfriend works in the health department they're about a thousand cases behind now just on the sheer numbers that are coming in you know, um, a thousand, which tells you how many people already around the city have it and are still in the process of getting tested. Oh, and then shit. you have a go. You have this also this breakout of Karens all over the damn state that are lashing out at mask restrictions where businesses are taking it upon themselves to go ahead and enforce masks being mm-hmm. worn. And then you have. Karen's all over the place throwing fits for people for those businesses trying to enforce that. Yeah. You know, it's fucking bizarre, man. It it is really bizarre. And you still have a really prevailing attitude from certain segments of the population that are completely 
um, anti-mask. Really? Where you have, you know, there was a, a report on on Secular Talk by, with uh, Kyle where he was talking about people circulating fake um, laminated. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Um, medical yeah. passes for Exemptions. wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have people trying to act actively get out of wearing masks. It's just like, it's just, it's just so incoherent and so, like, such a worthless thing like the people sound absolutely ludicrous for their reasons why they can't wear them they're all trying to find like some sort of like logical explanation other than just like i'm a dick and i want to make this a culture (laughs) war thing because i mean that's what it is it's like i mean the the fish rocks from the head on that because trump politicized wearing a mask almost right off the bat dumb thing to do though like why do you need to do that? Like, it's, I don't see the utility. I mean, I get the utility of making everything a culture war issue, right? Like, that's all the Republicans have. Like, that's the only way they can deliver to their base. It's not. And, and, and of course, Trump's poll numbers are, are flailing. I know. Right? And it's just like, I guess and he, he he's can't trying reverse to make, course. Well, but, no, he doesn't know. It's what we talked about last time, where he does not know any direction but double down. Yeah. You know, like, so you have a situation now. I mean, look at the Tulsa, uh, the Tulsa rally. Now you have reports of Don Jr.'s um, significant other getting a uh, positive test result. Herman Cain hospitalized mm-hmm. with um, COVID now. Um, yeah, man. And that's those are the prominent figures. How many people that actually went to that rally ended up coming away infected? Well, like, wasn't there a report that, like, a dozen staff members had it? Staff like, members. These are staff members that alone the audience. Yeah, but they've been, I mean, his inner circle has been getting sick this whole time, and that right. hasn't I mean, been enough you, to change yeah. his opinion. It's just like. I mean, it's not even, I don't even think it's about an opinion. I think it's just he doesn't know any direction but forward. So even if he knows that things are, he gets tested daily. You know, he. I don't know that it's Like, I don't see, like, I mean, I, I just don't know what his I mean, like. It, it, metaphorically, it's like he's driven off a cliff and he still has his foot on the accelerator. Yeah, I guess that's 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 what it is. It's like he doesn't think like he thinks it's best to preserve this sort of like this position that the liberals are fucking everything up. And if it wasn't for the liberals, like the country would be fine and we'd be handling it disease like i guess that seems like the like the explanation that you know his base has is just kind of everything he's doing is perfect you know like it's just like stupid like you know cuomo and you know gavin newsom are the you know are the ones who are ruining everything and i mean i guess man like i i just like I feel like the Republican Party, the Republican brand is taking a big hit right now. And it's like you can get, you know, you can maybe get your base to prove how suicidal and committed they are. But like you're not doing anything with the people who aren't fucking cult members, you know. And I'm not sure how much of the of the base is um, is in that camp at this point. You know, you have. I fucking um, love people, it, man. I mean, you have people like my my lieutenant governor here, Dan Patrick, 
over here talking about oh, I'm not listening to the doctors anymore. Yeah. Like, okay, what does that solve? What does that tell people that actually uh, uh, give credence to your positions? What does that tell them? It tells you know, it just tells them to ignore all the all the objective facts. It tells people to go ahead and turn objective facts into wedge issues. Like, it's like I guess because it's like they want to, like they don't, they want to resume economic activity. You know, like they don't want to have to pretend that we're still in this sort of like holding pattern. So like they I mean, just want to get back to normal with everybody dying. You know, I guess is the strategy. You know, but dead people don't buy shit. <laughs> you know, at some point or another, people are going to be scared enough of this thing that they're not going to want to go and risk their asses anymore. I don't think they really care, though, right? They just care <clears throat> if the line goes up or the line goes down. You right. know, like if the line's going to continue going up because they fixed the market, they've rigged the market so that the line will continue to go up no matter what happens. But I mean, they, they don't, don't really even. That. But they don't want the government to have to spend more money to sort of backstop the people, right? right? They want to avoid that at all costs for whatever freaking weird reason. Like I don't, like I don't know what exactly they're stand. I don't know why they have to hold tight to that. I feel like it's like the moral hazard, you know? Like mm -hmm. we were discussing with John Stewart last time. Like it's like they don't want to get people to expect the government to do nice things or not even nice things like competent things, uh -huh. you know, so they just want to pr pretend like it's over and there's nothing that can be done about it. And or, or they want to turn this liar. into, I mean, the other thing I see is they're trying to turn this into an individual decision and individual rights kind of thing. Yeah. You know, where people have the right to risk their health or risk the health of others, I guess is the position. Well, you know, where, where it's a thing where, you know, I'll, okay, you know what? I'll take my chances with the virus. I'll just take my, you know, and, um, it, and you got to think that the economic ramifications of doing something like that, it's just going to end up, there, there's going to end up being a bill that comes due with that too. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, the Democrats are lucky because it's some, it seems sort of like, as shitty as their response was, like they have the Republican response, which is just, you know, <clears throat> cartoonishly shitty. Right? Yes. So they can kind of like at first I kind of thought that they would weren't going to escape it. Like they were going to look shitty, too. But now it seems like the Republicans are just playing their hands so miserably that like the Democrats are going to maintain legitimacy. Yes. Know, when it's over. And they, I mean, the, they can continue get to screwing a, us. Well, you I mean get to the point where the Republicans in charge have just driven this shit into Sucksville so badly that the Democrats just look like the only sane option. Yeah. Right. And you know, th now I'm seeing a bunch of the the shit libs out there freaking out over Kanye West announcing he's going to run for president. Yeah. Just at the time of this recording, time of this show, we're not sure if he's trolling yet or if he's actually going to do it. I mean, I think he's going to pretend that he's going to do it. Like, you don't actually don't see that. You don't. You don't think he'll actually go through with being on the ballot? I, I don't know. Like, I think if for some reason Trump dropped out and Kanye 
got the Republican nomination. <laughs> I feel like that would be the Republican Party's best bet. Bro, I mean, uh, I would imagine. I know. I mean, I would just think about that, though. It's just comically hilarious how bad I mean, Trump is. I would consider voting for him, right? Like You would consider voting for him if he was on the Republican ticket? It depends on his platform. If his platform is better than Biden's, yeah. I mean, oh. I mean, I was watching some uh, TYT thing earlier, right? And apparently, he said his campaign would be like half Bernie Sanders and half Donald Trump, or something along those lines. Oh my like, god, man! He's got like Medicare for all and a decent plat. Like, if his platform is better than Biden's, I'd have no problem voting for a Republican. You know, like that doesn't bother matter. Yeah, just, no, like, that doesn't bother me either. It's just I, I, I just. Can I don't just, believe him, but like I just I don't know what what makes people. I mean, I I don't know. Like if we were, if Kanye got into office, I don't know what I would. I I can't even picture that. I don't even know what that would look like. I mean, I think he would be better than Trump. <clears throat> I mean, what? I mean, like, it's hard with Biden because like Biden's not going to be making any decisions. So it's hard to get a feel for like what he would be doing because he's a fucking vegetable, I think, you know, like he's. I mean, that's true. But okay, so we're trying to go ahead and look at a presidency with potentially Kanye West in office. What does that even look like? Probably similar to Trump, but like maybe a little better in a few areas. Well, well, okay, so we're going to go and think we're just going to go and. Yeah, I mean, it's t- tabloid shit. You'll be looking on Twitter for updates I mean, on shit all the Trump's time. Trump's presidency would have been, first of all, like if you're even trying to think about it, Trump's presidency would have been a million times better if there hadn't been this like Russia stuff the whole time. Well, you know, I'm waiting for they, that on Kanye now. I'm waiting to well, see. Uh, uh, yeah, and some saying say so that like, Kanye is a Russian plant. I know, but like even just like as a baseline. If you had someone say their politics were equal and he's equally as crazy, you know, like or, you know, equally as ridiculous, like, but he doesn't have the Russia stuff following him along. Like we could have it it could be not so bad. You know, it's just like the Russia stuff was just like, you know, it pissed Trump off so much. uh, I guess my question is, what kind of grasp of politics does Kanye even have? I mean, does he need to, though? Like, it's like I, would, I said before, I I'd rather vote for Corn Pop than Biden, and like, right? That's why because I'd rather just vote for like a dude who's not like a corrupt dude, you know? But like, I think Kanye's a, a right wing psycho, but like, I don't even think he's right wing. I don't think he knows enough to be right wing. I don't know, man. He's pretty reactionary. Like, I was looking at his Wikipedia page minutes. last night. <laughs> His his best take, I think I tweeted this out. Like his best take is like we should, like you know, rewrite the Thirteenth Amendment so it outlaws prison slavery. Right. That's and it's like a steep drop off from there. Like, but that's he also his calls best slavery position. a choice. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't like, I don't want to like, you know, like parse his words. You know, I just know that like his ultimate position on that. You know, that whole 13th Amendment thing was he was saying the 13th Amendment's bullshit because it doesn't outlaw prison slavery. Right. So he, like, he made that point after the fact because when he first came out and he started commenting on the 13th Amendment, what he said was he wants to just point blank get rid of it. Yeah. Do you think he's like pro-slavery, though? That's his that's, take? That's the way, no, but that's the way his take initially sounded. 
Then yeah, afterwards, I know, but verify. I think he's just a psycho and doesn't know how to talk right, and right. was trying to be like provocative, right? right. And you he see was, that, you know, that's trying I mean. to sell records too, right? Because wasn't it right before his last record came out? Yeah, I, I mean that's that's why I'm not quite sure exactly where he comes down on all yeah, that. Was Jenks' point on that TYT thing I was watching? Right. Like his thing was that he thought it was just a like a marketing thing, like he was just trying to hype his new record because right. he knew it would get it. His name would be in the papers and stuff, and they'd be talking about, oh, by the way, his album's coming out next week or whatever. Right, but I mean, I don't think that's, I don't think that's quite it. I just think he's an, he's an egomaniacal narcissist. I don't know. Do you think? I mean, I think it's calculated though. Like, <laughs> of course, it's it's calculated to inflate his ego more. Well, like, I think it's, I like, I think he might be in cahoots with Trump. No, but. I, I don't understand how that would work. To siphon votes away from Biden. You think that's where we, where his yeah, votes would come I, away? From? I think yes. I think that's the goal. Yes. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if he would actually siphon votes more away from Biden than it. I, maybe because you have a lot of people that are just pissed off with Biden and the establishment. If he's trying to run as like, like you know, like he said, like a combination Bernie. of Trump and Bernie. Right. That's that's his goal. You know, his goal is to get the disaffected. You know, left. All right. right now, and now maybe here's try a, to, you know, you, get some MAGA people too who are just <laughs> that Trump's not MAGA enough. Right, well, there's a solid segment who are like further right than Trump who think I'm Trump's sure. like a big cuck for not being, you know, but for not I, like knocking out Fauci and arresting Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but I also kind of think about with um with these people too. I, I mean, I just think a lot of them would not just vote for Kanye on the basis that he's a black dude. Exactly. <laughs> like he's definitely gonna take some votes from Biden, right? Right. I, maybe the younger black vote might. If, uh, I don't know. I think that that segment of the population is pretty well educated on the issues. So. Right. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's gonna be a communist. He's gonna be like Trump. He's gonna like say some say some good stuff that people are gonna like to hear. So like, even yeah. if you like are suspicious of him. Uh-huh. You know, if he's saying, you know, like, I don't even know what policies he would support, but like, you know, like, if he's pitching like some good stuff, like he's going to have a good sales pitch for like young okay. black voters. Right. Right. Like he's he's going to know what to say uh-huh. to appeal to them. And it's going to appeal to young progressive voters, too. You know, I think I don't know if it like I don't know if it will in that way, because, OK, first of all, I think that progressives have a pretty good grasp of politics right so i think any votes that would come off from progressives to a person like kanye would be purely an fu vote to the democratic establishment yeah i mean i think a lot of like you know like you know you and i we're gonna vote green right right but, like if he had a similar platform and to a the better green chance party. to win well the the reasoning with uh with that though for the for a green party for example is just that party yeah I mean, no, it's not even just to build the party. It's just that if you have somebody with higher name recognition, you have a better chance of actually making some kind of impact in the election. Yeah. You know, it's the same principle with Jesse Ventura, exactly. You know, or, I mean, okay, if if Kanye runs, I would expect him to be the best third party. I mean, probably perform as the best third party. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. He would have to do, like, I think he could put together a platform that would, peel off like i said the you know some progressives Mm -hmm. you know some like you know liberal black voters 
some far right voters and you know potentially even some like younger sort of like centrist type voters like um just by having different policies that appeal to each of those groups like just putting medicare for all on the platform i think would take would get him a solid chunk of potential biden voters right and there's probably a similar thing he could do with like the second amendment you know like he could run on like a you know um uh, like no gun laws or whatever, something like that. Like, <laughs> you know how you would phrase it, but like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's definitely talking points in right wing circles about, you know, what that looks like, you know, taking away all gun laws. Like that's definitely something that a lot of those people like. Um, so like, there's definitely like a, he could put together a platform that's like, you know, attractive to enough people that he could potentially form a winning coalition, but well, like it would have to be instead of Trump. I think that's the only way he mm-hmm. gets it is if he can convince Trump to sit it out, which I don't think is impossible. I mean, I think it's, it's unlikely, but I definitely see a scenario where like, you know, Trump could pretend that like, you know, the deep state won't let him win or something like mm-hmm. he, he could find a way to drop out and give it to yeah. Kanye and save face. And you saw I, that like Elon Musk endorsed kind of. Oh yeah, right? that's what makes suspicious. <laughs> that's what seems calculated to me. Yeah, because you know? there were okay, all those so, pictures of them hanging out last week. Right. Like so, they were probably okay, talking you, it over. Let me give you my dream scenario for the upcoming election. Despite whoever ends up running, I want it to be like an electoral tie. Why? <laughs> Um, I mean, just for a change of pace and also kind of it's kind of like a rejection of both parties for not having electoral votes to even get uh, the uh, win the election outright. I mean, I want the Green Party to get five percent. Yes, I like I think I want Biden to win, you know, or the Democrats, whoever it is like just, you know, like the ability to lobby them at least is yeah i think there's more of a chance of that because i think progressives make up more of that um democratic base and just seeing like how they've been able to sort of i don't want to say they've pushed them left but like the -hmm. protest has definitely affected some of the mainstream democratic positions right yes so like it is possible to at least get them to shift you know a little bit in the right direction um I mean, I guess the Republicans have shifted a little bit too, but yeah. that's mostly just lip service, right? Like, <clears throat> you know, there's definitely you can see the ability for you know grassroots like action to shift at least some in the Democratic Party. Yeah, I that's agree good. with that. You know, so like, yeah, I guess I want Biden to win. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't like I'm not going to vote for him, but like I, you know, I want him to win. I guess like. And I mean, the, the faction that I kind of look at, I mean, the faction that I kind of look at it is, you know, for us participating in the Democratic primary and all, we at least got a lot of progressives on committees and influencing platforms. And I think that is important in the end. Yeah. You know? So yeah. from that aspect, if you get some kind of progressive concessions in one of those forms, I mean, that's a positive thing, I would say. But yeah. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, I, I think we got to say we want Biden to win. Like, I'm, you know, I have to swallow my pride and say that, you know, but like, 
Trump's legit fascist now, man. Like he's just he's ramping up his like you know like his racism is not even like in the background anymore. Like right. he's going hardcore with all of his stuff and you know trying to be like law and order. Like he called the Black Lives Matter mural a symbol of hate. You know, like the one that De Blasio painted in New York. Like that's well. I mean, like, you could. I was expecting him to say some stupid shit like that just because he put it right in front of his building. But like the way he's like framing it now. Like at first he was trying to be, you know, uh, you know, political. Like try to. He was trying to not antagonize them. Like not antagonize us as much as possible. Right. right. Trying to just be diplomatic. Like, oh, I respect the right to peaceful protest, but more and more now he's just like. My statues, they're coming for the statues. We got to stop them, you know, like just trying to like, you know, harp on the culture war stuff. And it's it's a dumb move by him to engage in that shit. It's doubling down on it. And it's like you see that like 80 percent of the country thinks he's doing a terrible job with it. And then his takeaway is to like do it worse. Right. You know, like he's scary, man. Yeah, it is, but I mean, on um, at the same time, he's overlooking that there's a large segment of people that would just go ahead and just vote anti-Biden if he just changed some of the shit that he was saying. Yeah, yeah, like it's like he's in yeah. that right-wing bubble, man. Like, he's, yeah, exactly. You know, like if said, you like, go and you if, but I mean, if you go and you look at that, the what Biden's strategy is just be is not is to not be Trump, not say anything at all. Like not literally, every time he opens his mouth, it hurts him. But, like, yeah, like, you forget how terrible he is until he comes out and does a press conference where he, like, attacks Trump from the right about, like, you know, Maduro or whatever. Like, shut the fuck up, Biden. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, literally, go back in the basement and don't open your goddamn mouth. Like, yes, that's – that is yeah, – I mean, I don't know how Trump competes with that because, like – People are being open about it. We're not voting for Biden. We're voting against Trump, right? Right. That's pretty much like the consensus amongst most people. You know, like there's that small like neoliberal core who are just, you know, psycho K-Hive and people like that. But like most people are just like, yeah, man, Trump's a psycho. We got to get rid of him. You know, yep. I guess. I mean – you know, Biden's okay. See, that's a, that's what I'm telling you. Is like, I think Trump has that weapon that he could also go ahead and exploit that is just objectively anti-Biden. And then, you, you, I mean, the 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 funny one that I did see Trump go ahead and challenge Biden to a cognitive skills test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I which mean, I, I wasn't. I was expecting. <laughs> but like, that's what you were just saying, though. The thing is, like, that. If he wasn't handling the other issues so poorly, that would right. be enough to really probably get the, you know, swing the momentum in his direction. It's just that, like, he's handling COVID and the protest so miserably that, like, no matter, like, people, people are, like, I think most people are probably pretty honest about how far gone Biden is, right? But like I said, they're not voting for Biden. They're voting for like removal you know, of Trump. They just and, they're tired of him, bro. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like a an election between a you know a right wing candidate and a far right candidate. You know? Yeah. And 
the right wing candidate happens to be in severe, you know, senility, but you know, he's going to like it, he's going to the kind the like the problems will continue getting worse. You know, he's not going to fix anything, but they'll get worse a little bit slower. Right. Like that's what Biden brings to the table. Hopefully. I mean, who know who knows though? Like he could do more imperialism, you know, like he could do more like, you know, deregulation, who knows what he would do. Like, but he's definitely just a figurehead, you know, like yeah. he, it's, that's he's why it's a, so hard. He's, just to get a, a, he's a popular name. That's good enough to out Trump based on, and it's really, it's based on how, how, Badly, things have gone to shit. It's not like yeah. if if it wasn't for COVID, if it really wasn't for COVID. He I would think be that Trump would really throttling yeah. Biden. Yeah, yeah, definitely. no contest. Like you know, but even with the protests, and not, not to say like the protests aren't a big deal, and that people aren't out on the street making real changes and getting real concessions, but even that, I don't think would have been bad enough yeah. to get people to, to dissuade people from voting for Trump in again. I, I think, think the whole. Yeah, global pandemic, and really now it's more of an epidemic because we're just handling things yeah, so much more. Sh- it's yeah. really much more shitty here than it is the rest of. The- I mean, the rest of the world has got this shit under fucking lock now. Yeah, and they won't even let Americans into their country. No, right? no like, you, if, the Mexicans shut down the border over here in Arizona, and yeah, I'm not sure they did this shit in Texas too. But I mean, I wouldn't blame them. Look at Canada now. I mean, yeah. Canada's got this shit of. You know, like, all right, we got a handle on this. We got universal health care. We're good. Yeah, man. This is like we're like it's like we're back at the beginning, only worse. Like just no end in sight, man. Like, oh, so depressing. Um, it is. The, um, I mean, it's like he lost all credibility with COVID, right? I think that's what it is. It's like basically – the combination of the two things, you know, the protest and COVID, just seeing him handle both so terribly, yep. I think it did a lot to convince people, you know, in the middle or not. That even. he's not – I mean, because I think a lot of people went into this thing with Trump thinking, well, how bad could things get even if he's the wrong guy for the job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of this is – gone ahead and highlighted how bad things can get if you have somebody that's unqualified to be in that position yeah dude he's just like the worst possible guy like and like if he was half of the guy he pretended to be in 2016 like half of the populist like he could still like he could maintain a lot of his theatrics and like his you know persona even if he just had like a little bit more populism, like he could be doing all of this shit. But if he had back in February been like, you know, I'm going to do $2,000 a month UBI for everybody, you know, uh, undocumented workers and included like, um, you know, whatever, just and played if, into I'll that. I'll tell you, if you would, if you would pass or, for all. Right. If you would, if you would have done that pro-life version of Medicare for all, where maybe you just don't get contraceptives and you don't get abortion procedures for and under the plan, but you, but everything else is covered, just like till the end of the year. If he had done that and done the UBI, he could do whatever he wanted to the protest, and he would have already had people on his side. 
Like right. he could have called in the military and crushed the protest and people would have been like, Oh, you know, he seems to know what he's doing. <laughs> if he had just Every, a couple done grand a month early. will help a lot of people. Man. Exactly. For damn sure. Yeah. And like I said, it would be a lot less people on the street and they would, he would have a lot more flexibility to do his fascist stuff. You know, like mm-hmm. it just like, he's so inept and it's like, I mean, so I, I don't know if Biden would have done what I just said. Probably not. You know, I, no, I mean, look at okay. So at this point, you know, Biden's in a good spot. So assuming he does win, what what do you think he's gonna do to be able to get COVID under control? Uh, nothing. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be too late. I don't think we're gonna be able to like it. You know, if this keeps going up and up and up. I think it gets to a certain point where you can't do contact tracing and stuff anymore, right? right. Like, I don't think you do that if you have, like, 100,000 people in your city who have it. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, at that point, everybody is assumed. I think there actually is a certain number, like, a certain number of cases per square mile. They, they deem it, like, you know, uh, they act like everybody's been contacted with it, you know? <laughs> so, well... I think we'll okay, be here. at that point by November. If they don't do anything to get it under control, you know, if they don't do yeah. like stricter mask rules or, you know, more emergency funding or, to or, stay I in. Mean, we're still going to get a is. second wave of this thing. It's still going to go ahead and pass through. Yeah, we already have. I mean, we're not going to have a second wave because the first wave is not going to die. Right. I mean, like, it, it's. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand quite the physics of a wave, but I mean, we're getting that first wave and then we're just going to get reinforced with this next wave of. Incoming virus. Well, like, I think it'll be in the places like I think it'll be in places like New York that already have right, right, exactly. You would probably hit those. You probably get hit more of those places and have to reinstitute those kinds of uh, restrictions again. But I mean, just to give an idea of when you're giving that that whole um, benchmark for contact tracing. So in my city, we have about five hundred thousand people, give or take, around five six hundred thousand people. Right now, there's uh, seven thousand two hundred cases. So, that's what percentage is that? Like, um, uh, let's see, ten would be so five thousand is one percent. It's right? about uh, it's like about one and a half percent. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you could still do it there aggressively. You know, if your yeah. mayor was like, all right, we're going to do this hardcore or whatever. But, you, you know, keep it. in mind, we're at one and a half percent of the population and we're already reaching capacity at the hospitals around here. Yeah. I don't like I don't know what's going to happen next. Like what's like, you know, are they going to do death panels? Are they going to find emergency? You know, like I, I think it's like they can make ICU beds, right? If they have enough ventilators. Yeah. You know, like, you know, out, not outbreak. What's that one? Contagion? Like <laughs> Yes. I mean I I guess they can start doing that, right? I mean I guess that's what they'll do if they have to. And then they're also importing nurses under a contract that aren't even employed by the hospital to go ahead and make up for the staffing. Scabs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are they is the border open? Are they gonna try and blame it on Mexico? I, you know, I'm not quite sure the border is open right now. I haven't been over there 
Um, but like there's yeah. NAFTA. People come in for work every day. Yeah. You know, you got those. So it um, has to be open. You know, you got those factories and all those, all those things that people go ahead and they mean it's a free exchange of labor and all that kind of stuff. And then um, the whole shutdown on um, essential workers and uh, things aren't even as strict as they were, despite all this spiking and everything as they when when things first came out where they had businesses mandatorily be closed. Yeah. You know, um, everything's open here. Everything, dude, doing, so, are they wearing masks? Anybody? Yeah, every, masks? that's the thing. At the places that people work, they're all wearing masks now. I'm going there anywhere, fast food, anything that everybody's wearing masks. You know, oh. but again, it's a case by case thing because you go and you look at people that live here and they're not all wearing masks. If oh. they don't have to, they're not going to wear them. But, you know, the the one thing that I can hang my hat on is, I mean, at least at these protests, people have been largely wearing masks and the spread from those incidents hasn't really been nearly as catastrophic as people trying to go ahead and just go and yeah the bars or the to eat or to uh, out or whatever else they're doing. You know, I saw a couple articles saying just the same thing. Like, even in cities where they had massive amounts of protests, they were able to trace much, much more cases back to, like, bars and restaurants. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, the, the protests are outside, everybody wears a mask, the bars and restaurants are indoors, and you don't wear a mask because you're eating. Like, yes. of course that's going to cause the spread. And it's like, you, the peer pressure is helpful, too, because people give you a dirty look if you're not wearing a mask here. You right, know, and you like, see, you don't have that here. <laughs> yeah. That's what I felt in Florida. It was the opposite. People gave you a dirty look when you had a mask on. Right. Weren't wearing one. Um, and I mean, Florida got into They had like 10,000 new cases in a day. Yeah. Insane, right? I guess it's all those old people who somehow haven't gotten sick so far. Like, I mean, they, I don't know. They keep saying it's hard to know what's coming out, though, because they keep saying that, like, the average age is a lot lower. So people aren't dying as much. The, do you think for the chuds, if um, if Trump actually came down with it and he had to be hospitalized on a ventilator, do you think at that point it would kick in for them? No, but, like, but I'm talking like full on fucked up and had to yeah. go to the hospital and everything. And like was on a fucking machine, all that full nine. I still think it would depend maybe um, like on what he said. Maybe some people would be convinced by that, but if he was like unable to uh, say anything for himself. State, Deep State did it. Like, I'm not really sick. Like, whatever he would say. Like, it was no, Fauci's fault. No, no, but but here, here we go. I'm giving you the scenario. He's in a full – he's on a full me. ventilator. He can't even speak for himself. He can't tweet. can't do nothing. Um, Like, Pence has to take over for yeah. this. Unless the official – unless the official line was, I'm fucked up with COVID. COVID take, – take COVID seriously. They would right. not take it seriously. It would have to be directly from his mouth. He would have to specifically instruct them, this is legit, don't, you know, don't be crazy, like, you know, wear masks, like. Right. And, like, it can't be, like, his half, his half-hearted mask stuff like he's been doing recently, right. right? Like, his bandit comments, which, by the way, like, I totally agree with, like, that should have been the selling point all alone. Like, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to look like a bandit? Like, <laughs> he, um... You know, they missed the opportunity, like, you know, missed the boat on that one. And then, like, he, like, even if he was sick, like I said, just, like, the way that they're, like, the way that QAnon has, like, 
infiltrated the entire sort of like right wing brain, you know, like that whole philosophy that like everybody who disagrees with us is lying somehow because they're globalists. And well, see, you know, that's kind of what I err on. So I think if Trump actually got seriously sick like that to the point where he couldn't even speak for himself or something like that, I think that right away the judge would go into. Oh, the deep state is trying to exactly. like a, a, an assassination yeah. attempt on Demon Trump. Plot. Yeah. Yeah, it would be something like that. I think that would be the response. I don't think it would be a thing about taking COVID seriously. It would be an it would be a giant backlash to somebody trying to go ahead and assassinate him. Um what, you think the Chuds would mobilize? Yeah, I think you'd start seeing like massive I don't crazy think so, violent though, riots right? and shit. I don't think so. I think they're kind of pussies. <laughs> Don't you? I, I don't like, know, man. Like they, they I, went in armed for masks. I know, but like think about what like is, I saw some think, shit. Like there's been if, like you have to think these people legitimately believe there is an assassination, an open assassination attempt on the president that they adore. That's this kind of like that kind of mentality, that kind of philosophy has been. It's been QAnon since the beginning. Like they've been putting out stuff like that. Like, they you know I forget the details where, but like they did some shit like in 2018 I think where it was like, you know uh, the National Guard is gonna you know take control or something. Like they they told their followers that there's going to be a coup attempt, and you know Soros is gonna have like uh, crisis actors on the streets protesting. Like they they did all this and they expected people to like mobilize you know get armed and like come uh-huh. to the cities and nobody showed up anywhere oh, so like i i don't really think that they're like i think they'll do like what they they'll do like the hate crimes like they'll do like the bullshit like they're too scared they're too big of cowards to do public stuff like that like mm-hmm. they won't um they 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 want to get away with it, right? Like right. So they'll they'll keep like lynching people and um, whatever other hate crimes they do on a regular basis, and they'll probably step that up. Like they'll probably be like more racist to the people at the Wendy's or whatever. Like, yeah, the people who are protesting on the street are protesting because of like material needs. Like they're being killed by the police. You right. Know, they're being like you know their their future is being destroyed. Like the that there's an actual thing there. Like the MAGA chuds are mostly like pretty comfortable with how things are. Right. Like, you know, for the most part, they have a lot of, you know, advantages, like that whole concept of like the, like working class Trump voters actually like pretty small segment. Right. Like there's really not that many like working class Republicans. Like they are trying to pretend that that's, you know, that's a thing. But I, I think for the most part, Trump voters are all like pretty economically well off. So to see them like, what would they even do? Like they would still have to fight the army. You know? <laughs> like the army's not going to, like he doesn't, he doesn't have that kind of support with the military. You know. Okay. Like so, any kind of, you know, counter revolution, whatever you would call it, is, is it'll be ill conceived. Like I saw. In the last few days, I've seen there was several like you know Black Lives Matter like open carry protests and other uh, like black militia groups and um, there's that big one at Stone Mountain the other day mm-hmm. the um, 
I think it's the Not Fucking Around crew or something. The right the NFAC militia, I think, is their name. <laughs> um, I think the maggot shots are scared, right? Like they they would not try, sort of like take up arms on the street like that. There was some other protest. I think it was in Richmond, where like the Boog- like the Boogaloo guys ended up marching with the the Black Lives Matter marchers, and uh, seemed like they got along. Like I don't know, like I th- I saw a couple clips of it. Like there was some other third party there. Um, the protestarians, I think they called themselves, who were more like a white supremacy group. And they kind of got booed by everybody else. So, like, I feel like that if there's people in the streets, they're going to be unified. I, I don't have, I don't see like rival factions mm-hmm. taking to the streets, protesting or sort of doing direct action to achieve different goals. You know, that seems unlikely to me. Like, I do think at some point you could very likely see those groups of people merge their protest movements, though, right? Like, yes. If things continue to get worse and, you know, Trump's base feels abandoned as well, you know, somehow more than they like, because they don't really seem to feel like, I think at least they pretend to seem like that their their needs are being met by the government, right? They don't seem like they're really demanding too much. You know, maybe like, uh, you know, less people of color in their neighborhoods or whatever, but they're not, you know, like, like I said before, like they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah. Um, well, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the, a little bit of an update on the whole, um, McCloskey incident. (laughs) Oh, what are those guys up to? Well, uh, predictively, there was a lot of backlash after the McCloskey um, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> came out and started pointing guns at uh, protesters who had nothing to do with them. We weren't going into their house, nothing like that. The clarification on exactly what was going on, the the they live in a gated community, but the sidewalk, uh, it looks like, is public. So there is a gate. They were able to pass through peacefully. Yeah, it looked like they smashed the gate up, no? Yeah, they, no, no. If you look at – there was a video on there that shows them just walking right through an open gate. <laughs> it um, wasn't smashed yeah, in. So do you think that they went out there? Because that, that's what I thought when I saw it. I was like, I feel like the McCloskeys went out and tampered with that gate. To I make think it look so. Like it, had to, in, it had right? to be because when you, you – the protesters were recording live. When they went through it, it was completely intact. Well – yeah, man, those people so, are fucking scumbags. Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, first I agree. So the whole premise for them, go, for the protesters going through that gated community in the first place, was to protest against their mayor. The mayor yeah. outed a bunch of Black Lives Matter activists and publicized their information and put them at risk. Let's just be frank about it. With these lynchings and whoever else is behind it, and the way these uh, cops have been acting out violently against protesters. They put their lives at risk, but he, yeah. the mayor put their lives at risk by putting out their information. Yeah, they 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 execute people in Missouri. Yes, and while while en route into um to the mayor's house, this couple decided to just go show up with a AK or I mean, what is it, an AR-15 and a 
And a small handgun with her yeah, finger the, on the trigger. Yeah, the lady was just waving the gun around. Waving, a, just, waving the gun around with a finger on the trigger. I mean, if you're any firearms activist is going to tell you that this shows a complete lack of trigger discipline, but... <laughs> like, these people were just passing by. Not even... They weren't trying to go on to their house or anything else like that. And wow. so the street is sealed off. You can't drive on the street. You can walk through on the sidewalk. But that's the way they reacted to seeing a bunch of black people coming running through their neighborhood. Um, and, um, well, of course, following that incident, then you had um, massive, massive protests outside their house now. So by oh, their... Yeah? Why, <laughs> I didn't see that. Yep. By their own actions, by lashing out in that way, they put them... They put a target on their own heads and... They became a subject of protest in their own right. Wow. Um, and uh, it got to a point. There's armed guards outside of their of their house, and their windows are all boarded up. Damn. They um. Like, is he like losing all of his business though? I would I would think so. The the they're both attorneys, right? And they do. Cases such as police harassment. Yeah, I saw and, that. So, like, <laughs> what? You know I what mean, I'm saying? Like, it just seems like you lose all credibility with your exactly. clients at that point. <laughs> Who's going to want to hire that guy, right? And then, right. like, because I mean, they're they're a legal team. I mean, as as it were, they're both lawyers, so they both do that same kind of work. Yeah, like with exactly like you. Like no corporate entity will take him now either. You know, like I you doubt can, it. His name exactly. is Toxic. Exactly. I mean, that's why like these people who are continuing to make a public nuisance of themselves, like responding poorly to things that are going on, like the people who like did you see the clip of that lady like smashing the mask stand at Target and like right. yeah, you know, other gun toting white people, like, you know, uh, angry reactionaries like it they how do they not learn like how do they not see that this doesn't end and well for them like it's just the whole thing it's like suicidal death cult man like they're trying to like take us down with them like i just yep. don't know right and i mean the, the whole debate now is whether these people actually broke the law by what they did, waving the guns around and pointing them at people. Um, yeah, like I just don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know enough, of course, about the Missouri state law. Yeah, like I said originally, like I, I don't need them to go to jail. Like, fuck the carceral state, you know. Like, I mm. just want their lives to be reflected with who they are. Right now that everybody sees who they are, I want them to suffer from that. Right, like it's like this whole conversation around cancel culture. It's kind of bizarre, right? Like it's people on Twitter getting angry at at celebrities and random douchebags that's causing them to you know not do well in life. And it's like that's not it at all. It's just that like people on the internet like revealed this person's actions and characteristics, and because of that. In the market and society and uh, you know other factors are responding to it right like they're not like 
you know, these like they're not getting laid off because that like the feelings of like activists on Twitter are bothered, right? Like these people are getting these they're they're losing their jobs and otherwise being ruined because it like it's a good business decision for the company laying them off, right? So there's not really anything they can do about it. Like they can get mad at like you know the radical left or whoever, but like they're not really doing anything about it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's capitalism. Like everything yeah. else, sucky. It's not like has nothing to do with like the left, right? Yeah, just the I market mean, responding. I mean, it just it, now things have gotten to a place where things are so oligarchical, where things are just circular. Like they just revolve around classism so much everything gets tied back into it you know whether it's the covid response or even if you talk about these race issues they always have have some kind of class component to them um yeah and well the the factioning here with the the mccloskey's though you're gonna have a lot of people that are the on the right that are saying that these are just two people trying to protect their property and yeah like like i said that's fine that that's their stance like it's like you know it's at least uh, like rational right like mm-hmm. so much of the of the gaslighting from them like we were just talking about is just mm-hmm. patently on its face irrational like them like their whole mask position, you know, like their whole position on like structural racism, all like it, they're wrong, like they're like right. objectively wrong, but they present it like they're right. And they're like, you know, they're so sure of themselves, like mm-hmm. at least in this situation, there's, you know, OK, I, I guess I, I can see where they're coming from. Right. So like it, they they should be heroes to the far right right like i mean just based on their actions it seems that way right like you know um yeah so i mean they'll probably be ruined from polite society but they'll probably get some like you know consultancy at some like coke brothers like well, i mean look at what they were able to get i mean just the fact that these people can go ahead and hire a team of armed guards to yeah. watch outside their house is just I mean, it's it's pretty insane to me. Um, oh, I bet you the like, I bet you the city's paying for that. Oh my god, if the city's paying for that, Jesus. That's what they do, man. They like, you know, not only do they, you know, like put themselves in these situations where they would need that to be paid for, but like, they'll, you know, find a way to make sure it is and. It's, mm-hmm. you know, not only do we have to deal with them, like, pointing guns at the protesters, but now they have to, like, pay for it. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, there's probably better, I mean, there's probably better, like, you know, targets. Like, I don't know, you know, it's a, um, it's an annoyance, especially compared with, like, what happened in Seattle this week. You know, where, you know, that poor girl got run down and dead, you know, like there's so much actual violence against protesters that is very rarely being talked about, you know, more than a little bit. And 
instead we have this situation with these white supremacist psychos like getting all this media attention it's you know it's pretty typical right like that's kind of the way the conversation has been framed like crooked cops you know the milwaukee incident has not been you know like i saw some statistics earlier that it's actually been a lot of news articles on the internet have been read about it but it hasn't been covered by cable news at all you know so like there's that and then the like just the amount of coverage you get for like all the terrible things that are going on that are counter to the establishment's narrative is just silenced right like you know you're not going to see like somebody um that like that boogaloo protest i was talking about earlier like they the the guy who was like the journalist who was tweeting about it had side by side like the piece he made about it and the piece that like cbs was showing and sure enough like cbs's piece made it seem like the two sides were antagonistic to each other you know that they were protesting each other like the boogaloo and the black lives matter people and you know that's the framing they're going with right like it's you know like god forbid there could be you know some further like systemic issues associated with the protest movement you know that aren't strictly spearheaded by black lives matter so you know they can make it about as narrow a range of things as possible that's that's the goal Mm -hmm. you know and uh well the next one next story i really wanted to get to um was over here in texas again was uh the story out of fort hood with uh, vanessa oh, again man. have you been following this yeah i was following the post that before it really got publicized i mean i saw the post getting circulated because this girl was missing for the better part of a couple months already uh the the last time she was seen was on april 22nd and um well, people were trying to find her at first. You know, she's a, I think she was a private in the um, Army Specialist, sorry, Army Specialist Vanessa Yen. Um, and yeah, her mother was trying to find her, putting Facebook posts all over the place. It started very locally, and then it became a, more of a national story. And it seemed like the military was dragging their feet on trying to locate her and you know, as time went by and there was no news out of it, it just seemed like, um, you know, they were getting up with, with a horrible ending. And, um, well, eventually more details of the case ended up being uncovered. Um, well, first of all, it, they were able to find her remains and she was, um, well, dismembered and all kinds of horrible things happened to her. Um, and they tried to hide her body. The there was uh, one killer and one person that went and helped try to go ahead and dispose of um, of her body after the fact. Um, they said that during the there was some kind of altercation and that this guy, yeah, that there was um, another member of the military was uh, Aaron David Robinson. He was uh, also an army specialist. Uh, went ahead and. Um, killed uh, Vanessa by striking her with a hammer. And then after he realized that he killed her, he called um, his girlfriend, I guess, 
um, Cecily Aguilar and um, they together they chopped up the body and um, and hit it, buried it. And uh, when investigators finally closed in on what happened and who was responsible, the guy killed himself and they currently arrested the woman. Um, yeah, I thought it had to do with it wasn't like a cover up for a sexual assault, right? That That's what that's what uh, everybody thought right away. But the complaint, they said, didn't mention him. And yeah, he was a commanding officer. No, no, he, he wasn't actually her commanding officer. But still, if he's like a superior officer, she's not going to name him they, by name. Well, I'm not sure if they. If, that's, Why else? That's what what, well, like, what else was it? Like a love triangle or something? Like what? I'm not really quite sure about it because they're saying that. I mean, they were both of equal rank, right? Oh. And the person wasn't um, a superior. wasn't named in the complaint, so I'm not really quite sure the genesis for the whole altercation at all. But um, still, I mean, you could. I mean, it's pretty apparent that the army didn't want this investigated in the way that it was. And uh, the other thing that was really striking to me about in this case was how when they were trying to locate her or her remains, um, they found another body from another from an unrelated case. Somebody that had been missing. And they're and then uh, as uh, they're trying to go ahead and investigate how many people were missing around Fort Hood. They um there was multiple people there was at least more than five soldiers of color that were missing um wow. from the area and um you by just what happened here you can probably assume that they were that they were all murdered in one way or another oh. so there was some kind of outbreak at Fort Hood of rampant murder and cover-ups of all these incidents I mean is there like a serial killer or is it just well, I wouldn't think there I mean, was a. I don't think there was a serial got, killer. Yeah, but, if, if they've got like people helping dump the bodies and stuff, it's got to be a conspiracy, you know? Like, a, well, in in the case of Vanessa, would it seem like it was? A, it was, I mean, unless this guy was a serial killer, and then this girl had been repeatedly helping him, dis, you know, cover, cover up and um and hide bodies. I mean, it could have it could be conceivable in that way, but. They haven't really mentioned who was responsible for these other killings, and they're not all women, and they don't all fit a type. What if it's aliens? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's—I think it has to do with some kind of cultural issue or something that's going on over there in that particular base. That you know, if if there was a disappearance and a murder, and that was investigated, and somebody was prosecuted at that point. Rather than have this stuff continuously go on, I think it creates a different environment where people are not as inclined to go and commit these kind of acts. But, I mean, just it's just a really tragic story about what happened to this uh, girl, and the army response to it is abysmal. Yeah, I mean, it's got to... I mean, I guess... I mean, I guess it's reasonable that they don't want... Would one, wouldn't want to investigate any you know, disappearance, anything unflattering, right? That's probably, like, the general reflex from, like, a big institution like that when it's suspected there's foul play going on. Right. But even still, like, that's suspicious, man. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, 
I wonder if it's like a general sense of like lawlessness in the military. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what I would. I mean, I knew that towards. was this thing about ICE, right? Like, I knew there's definitely been those reports about like the um, the training camps, you know, where it's just like rampant sexual assault on all the females. Like, they pretty much, you know, they all basically all report it, you know, very like, you know, like a several incidents so like it's definitely a pervasive thing um i just think that like it's just weird that like it hasn't been caught before right you would well, think that like yeah, disappearing I, soldiers I, would be i mean there were well okay so just to back up a little bit on this so when they went and tried to find her and they were trying to go ahead and dig around and see if something would pop up during the course of the two months that they were trying to locate Vanessa, they found four human skeleton remains. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, how were they? And they were all soldiers that disappeared. They were all they were all soldiers, all of them. Wow. Damn, dude. Ah. Uh, but like, that's the thing. It's the same thing with the lynchings. It's like, who's going to investigate this? Yes. We have no competent like institution to deal with it. There's no like. You know, they all have this like, like kangaroo court puppet government or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, like <laughs> it just there's just so much dysfunction. Like they mm-hmm. are going to be able to do anything about that. Like they can't handle the like pandemic. Like they can't handle anything. And we expect them to be able to investigate. You know, keep anybody safe. You know, well, like there's. Well, I mean, it's such a it shows a complete lack of competence in in whoever whatever faction of the military is supposed to be investigating that sort of thing or preventing that sort of corrupt environment which allows that stuff to happen. I mean, but then you you look at agencies like the FBI and that whole joke of an investigation with the noose involved with a NASCAR driver. Yeah, it's all it you know, it's like. There's the whole like corruption versus incompetence thing, right? Um, are they just lazy and don't want to do it, or are they, you know, like politically motivated? But at this point, it's really hard not to see the pattern, you know. I mean, like, I mean, uh, whatever was going on at Fort Hood, I mean, it, there is a little bit of a history there with corrupt ass crap going on. You know, uh, at one point or another, uh, Fort Hood was actually the center of a prostitution ring that was run by about, I think it was like six uh, soldiers that were operating this ring of, uh, I mean, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't quite remember the details, but I think it involved an aspect of human trafficking in it too, so. Um, damn. Yeah, man. It'd be nice if we had, like, you know, just like one or two competent, you know, agencies or governing bodies like that could, you know, at least like keep the lights turned on. Like, just I mean, it, it's a really bad time for faith in any kind of government institution, I think. Yeah, man. Like, you, they're, <laughs> it's just like, like I said before, like they're, it's like they're just like pimping us out to various corporate interests. Right. And like that's all the, you know, that's the relationship. It's like business client, like, you know, any kind of like, 
competency and like bare bones like professionalism it's like they want to be able to like charge for it you know so <laughs> it's just it's dark man it's really dark like i don't know what to say like no <sighs> it, it it really is and you know if you i mean it, there was a time that you that people did trust these institutions to do their jobs right you know there was this uh, whole i don't know if it was ever a point where they did their jobs competently but there was a time where people did have faith in their government to go ahead and execute whatever jobs they wanted they needed to do yeah you know what i mean and i mean i'm not quite sure where it all went off the rails but there was a point where people just kind of said oh that's the government you know they know what they're doing they're <laughs> Been like a there's been like a healthy conspiracy culture in this country since the fifties, you know, like there's and I think but, it really popped up after the seventies is when it became more Yeah, I mean I'm probably like that's there's that's definitely been a thing, like, you know, people have been because it's like so many of the things that start off as con- conspiracy theories are, are proven true eventually, you know. So like and what's the most fantastical conspiracy theory that you think has been proven? I don't know. MK Ultra is pretty freaking crazy, right? Like, <laughs> well, we we, we have discussed that one. A, I mean, we we did discuss that a little bit in how it involved the people like Ted Kaczynski and Charles Manson. Well, I mean, I just saw some article from last week uh-huh. uh, where it's pretty much confirmed that like the CIA dosed this French town right. in the fifties, just put acid in the bread of this town and they all fucking trip balls and then they said it was like ergot <laughs> they said it was some sort of like fungus or whatever right but, you know that's not what it was and there's well, all these like internal documents like, well i mean those, uh, the cia well i mean like, those psychedelics are derived from fungi so i mean i guess you could believe that in a way yeah i guess that was their cover story but like they were clearly trying to see if they could like do that to the russians or whatever you know well i mean that's the thing they're trying to go ahead and create manchurian candidates yes right so they could uh, work as deep cover operatives i mean what else like how much more perverse could the government be revealed i mean i'm sure you could think of plenty of things but like Mm -hmm. the fact that they're basically like abducting people and brainwashing them with psychedelic drugs is unknowingly or unknowingly inducting them into these programs there's been plenty of like you know top secret and classified things that you know came true like um i mean the uh iran contra stuff like that's well i mean crazy too the cia was like selling well, drugs that's well wait a minute wait a minute that I, let, let's let's clarify the iran contra deal for a second i mean that i think is more of a believable kind of cover story because first of all it has to do with government corruption and then the um the united states government trying to uh, uh what do you call it trying to undermine i guess or trying to stop the spread of communism in um in uh, south america mm-hmm. and uh what reagan and north decided to do was go ahead and sell munitions to iran and use the profits from that sale to fund the contras here here's a little blurb on it i can read okay in 1985 senior officials in the reagan administration facilitated the sale of arms to iran then under embargo the government with the national security council's oliver north acting as a key player later used the profits to fund the Contras, anti-communist rebels in Nicaragua. 
who, by the way, like to like skin people alive and behead clergy and uh, pretty much every evil thing you could imagine. Yes, there were narco-terrorists. Hey, man, there's tons of terrible things. Like, <laughs> I'm just looking at this list here. Like, a PR firm organized congressional testimony that propelled the U.S. involvement in the Persian Gulf War. That was when they made up the story about the incubators. She said she witnessed Iraqi soldiers so, pulling infants from incubators uh-huh. at a hospital and throwing them on the ground to die. So I mean, like, if you look at the stuff on this list, like, what are they not capable of? You know, like well, okay, planning so, terrorist attacks to drum up support for Cuba. Well, I, I think um, something that has been in the yeah part of I'm American history. Sure they try to do a false history. flag somehow. That's what I would like. Trump's not going to try to win the election, like. I think like we were saying, he's not like ideologically prepared or capable of like doing the the actual sort of like populist things he would have to do to win. Like he's just a con man and the people who are backing him won't let him do anything. Like he should be cutting checks, right? He's not. So like he will try to do something fantastical, which is why I think that like Kanye would be in cahoots with him. Something like some sort of like cheap shot, you know, <laughs> like and a false flag. I feel like fits that pattern. You know, uh-huh. like you could. I don't know who would be a, like, who would be a scary enough bad. There's not like, you know what I mean. It would have to be like the Chinese or like someone like that to be considered a serious enough threat that would like actually, you know, like provoke Americans to like want him to be strong. You know. Like he's been trying to make threats his whole presidency, and he can't really get anything to stick. So, so you're of the thought right now that the whole Kanye thing is kind of like um, Kanye playing Steven to uh, Trump's Calvin Candy from Django. Yeah, like I said, I think if he doesn't step aside and let Kanye be the nominee, I think it's a thing. Like I, okay. I, I think that yeah, because. He's not even going to be able to be on the ballot in most states. Like, right? And I if think he I is going to go he was going to be able it. to be on there in Texas for sure. Or I'm not sure California, but I know Florida. He needs a petition of signatures to and, be on that ballot. Yeah, it's expensive too, right? I mean, do, would you uh, figure Kanye pulling a significant number of votes in Illinois? Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not like if he ran third party, yeah, I think he would. I think he would get five percent of the vote, maybe, maybe more. Mm-hmm. You know, like depending on what the left does, like right. You know, I'm gonna vote for the Green Party. Like, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like uh, like that really matters. But like, you know, there could be. You could drain 10% from Biden, and then, you know, even with his giant lead, it could be closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still think he'd pull it off. Potentially. I, yeah, man, I think a lot of people's like, what what the hell does Biden have going for him? You know, like. The, I mean, his best weapon has been his best weapon from the start. It's name recognition, and his next best weapon is he's not Trump. Exactly. So Kanye's also not Trump, and he's yes. Kanye. Right. He has name recognition among, I guess, uh, certain demographics. But, I mean, but, okay, so just for me, the thing I can't get past, and I know that Trump getting elected kind of made this, normalize this a little bit, 
but we used to kind of want people to be qualified to run a country in order to run for president. I mean, I mean, I, I, like, I never really cared about that. Like, I mean, but that that was a prerequisite at some point or well, another, like, I right? Want, I mean, I, I mean, I want the attorney general to be, you know, to like I, the one that you know those like cabinet positions or whatever. But like, I don't need like the president to like go to Yale and like you I don't know, think do corporate law for to, thirty years or well, whatever. No, I don't think you need that either. But I think you need some kind of experience in in governing in politics. You have a have some kind of grasp of these issues. Yeah, well, yeah, just Trump's a fucking moron. He can't do anything no, right. No, no. So, like, he definitely can't do that is. right. But, like, but, I think I mean, it's perfect. But, like, I think it's totally possible for, like, somebody, you know, just, like, a good person who, you know, like that movie where, like, the president dies and the guy is, like, his lookalike becomes president. Oh, Dave? Yeah, something like that. I think I it's totally possible for just, like, a regular, like, bright person, you know, like a, a dude who, like, reads the paper and, like, knows a lot. Like to be a perfectly good president, you know, or or representative for that matter, or yeah, senator. That's what I'm saying yeah. they're not; these people aren't smart. Listen to them talk; like they don't have <laughs> any great insight into like politics or. I mean, some of them do, yeah. Like you know, I mean, it, you have to think that that they do though, right? If they've spent their whole career in politics, yeah, they understand what a foreign what foreign policy is. I mean, if you go and you approach yeah. an average person and ask them, "What's a neocon?" Do you think? They would know, or do you I think, think a you... lot of them are just like good looking and they had like rich family members and friends who set them up? Mm-hmm. I think you know they were like popular in college or in their fraternity or whatever. I mean, and or in their in their law uh, law review or something <laughs> like yeah, like well, like I don't even think they're like yeah. I mean, I think some, some of them, them are yeah, but like I think I'm... a lot of them are just just a you know a pretty face and connections. And yes. Like even so, like your perception of things is clouded by who you spend time with, right? right? So like they if people are constantly telling them that like the the neoliberal, like, you know, pro corporate positions are the good positions, mm-hmm. you start to think it, even if you once had like a sense of right and wrong. So mm-hmm. I think somebody who's just like a teacher or, you know, um teachers like, seem to have had a place in, in- certain offices or at least they would have served as uh, college professors or something like that or yeah. worked as college professors rather but i mean People to me know right from wrong like politicians yes. are paid to not know right from wrong right you know like if you see the amount of money we're wasting in afghanistan you're like okay stop doing that right like the only way you're convinced that that's a good thing is if people browbeat you with it you know extensively like that's one of the tension points between trump and like the you know the military industrial complex but do you i mean do you think that there's a benefit then from having somebody that is more than just a tv personality in positions of power i potentially but like i said i'd rather have just a regular person who knows right from wrong than somebody who i know is corrupt Right. somebody who you know well, like well okay so let, let's take two ends of the spectrum so like, i think for Trump example is really dumb like i think he knows yeah, I a think couple things i think, but I think he's, he's like he, you know. he, he has a marketing brain which i, I i'd give him that yeah he can read a room that's not yes, like exactly it's not really intelligence though like no i mean it's a certain it's a certain kind of of intuition but okay so take somebody like trump who's a 
TV personality, good on good on camera. He knows how to be charismatic in in a way that'll appeal to a, a group of people. Right. And, but that doesn't, I mean, I, for me, I never really, my, my big question for him was, you know, he wasn't, I wouldn't qualify, call him qualified to run a country. I think he's his, always watched a lot of cable news too. Is yeah. the other thing. I no, think he's I, always sure thought he, that. So sure I think he, he thinks he's smart. Like he's, he probably thought, he always thought he knew a lot about current events and stuff. Right. right? But would you think that he's actually educated in any kind of foreign policy or any kind of way that, that government, that government actually works? No, but like if I was president tomorrow, right? right? And I just like looked at the portfolio like okay, like we have, you know, this personnel in this state and this is, you know, this is what Turkey wants from us, this is what we want from Turkey, like you know, you you would know right from wrong pretty quickly just like sort of like looking at what's going on. Well, uh, you know, actually, we could talk about this as a, the last thing because uh, Colin Kaepernick did have a, a comment out there about July Fourth. What death to America? Uh, you didn't catch this, so well, okay. So Colin Kaepernick, as we know, has been famous for starting the the Neil movement to go ahead and highlight police brutality in the United States, and uh, he came out with a comment about July the Fourth, which. Um, which he says, uh, we reject your celebration of white supremacy. Um, word up. That's good. <laughs> strong, strong statement. Well, I mean, it, the the fourth came along at a time where people are not necessarily feeling all that patriotic. <laughs> Given everything, you can't really blame people, right? Yeah, man. Um, like like we've just been discussing like my uh respect and uh admiration for the government is at an all-time low i mean it's hard to argue with from any of those kinds of perspectives against what his views are and from the way that we look at the country being formed and all that kind of stuff i mean it was filmed i mean it was formed by um, wealthy landowners, all white people. And I think when you talk about the systemic racism that exists in the country, you have to kind of look at its birth and trace it back to the people that... that is this just an excuse to talk about Hamilton? Is that is that what you're doing here? <laughs> I don't really want to... I want to go into that next time because we're going to have a, a guest on that can go ahead and shed more light on some of this historical stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I have seen Hamilton and I mean, it's, it's entertaining. I I mean, for me that it, for me, it's entertaining. I like all this history stuff. I mean, I I was very proud of my, my, like the rapping and the singing. Well, you know, it sounds like, you know, it's very Shakespearean. If you think about it, and I'm like, not even joking around. Like it is kind of very Shakespearean in that way where you, you can pair it to, how things were all said in a certain kind of verse in, in a Shakespeare play. And that's kind of like the form that uh, Hamilton takes in the same way in the play, that way uh, Lynn manuela Miranda went ahead and set everything up. And um, I, I'm kind of thinking about it about in, in a way of why, of what kind of message it was meant to go ahead and send uh, to a modern day audience to go ahead and highlight this particular founding father and everything. I mean, you, you, all these people have 
very captivating stories if you go ahead and dramatize them the way that um, Hamilton's story has been dramatized. They're pretty much all terrible. Yeah, it's like, you know, I guess there's some shades of gray between how terrible they are, but... Well, the way I kind of look at it is I don't think much changes when it comes to politicians or even the people that founded the country. You have flawed individuals that operate our government now, and you have flawed individuals that started the thing in the first place. Um, So so the same people that that gave everybody uh, freedom of speech, religion... And I mean, they weren't always as bad as they are now, though. Like the I think they always turn. were, though. <laughs> I, I think they think, always were. But just think about, like, things they've accomplished in the past. Like, they right. used to be able to do stuff good. Like, but, you know, like the New Deal. Like, uh, okay, So, I mean, yeah, you had the New Deal like, with, uh, with FDR, right? But then at the time, you had... Him trying to fight against a conservative Supreme Court, shooting down all of his social safety net. I mean, I know, nearly all like, of. And then on top of that, you had that... him. But he also did Japanese internment. Yeah, I know, but like, just I'm saying, like the the ability to actually enact policy and make changes. Like it used to be that a president would come in and be like, "No, we're going to do it like this for a little while," you know, uh-huh. and they would have like their own sort of like program they would do. But it just seems like you know. Since the like, uh, the Clintons, I guess Bush won too. It's just been this steady stream of like intense neoliberalism, like you know, pure trending yeah, and, one and, direction, and, like and really increasingly it's, it's, propping up toxic economic assets and well, just I mean the whole thing is a house of cards. Well, okay, so what really stands out to me about politics is how hyperpartisan it is in the country. Yeah, so it's just paralyzed, and I think that's intentional. It's all like yeah, but that's like what you I mean. Kick in it's, the door and like you break it so that you can't fix it, you know. But see, like, but but see, that's what I'm getting at with the systemic problems with how the country was formed because it was designed to create gridlock. But it wasn't before. Like it wasn't just so ideologically determined before. But, but it, it was though. Even no, at that I mean, time, it wasn't though, because there was like progressives on both sides of the aisle before. You know, there was like liberal Republicans. You know, like they used to be a thing. There was some flex and give, and it wasn't just completely bipartisan. Like even when we were kids, like mm-hmm. you know, some Democrats and some Republicans would vote for a bill, and some Democrats and some Republicans wouldn't vote for a bill. Right, you know, but I mean, just, but okay. So like when we were kids, point. and you had the whole Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Yeah, I mean that that whole impeachment was a partisan sham. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't like it. It was sort of like the same sort of thing like they do now. Like it wasn't like the Newt Gingrich is kind of like the birth of that sort of style of politics, which well, is great. You then, know, uh, let me give you something else. So like, that yeah. whole that was sort of the birth of the movement we have now, right? Like well, that's the partisan stuff, uh-huh. you know. Well, let me give you something else. I mean, in the spirit of bipartisanship. So now uh-huh. see, and as an example of how the system was designed to create gridlock, the way things used to work was the first place uh, finisher would end up being president. Second place would go to um, second place finisher would be become the vice president. And see, the thought there yeah, going see? in is that you would have conflicting voices within one administration trying to go ahead and govern because uh, people like Thomas Jefferson believed that you needed to somehow 
limit the power of a federal government by creating gridlock and making them slow to be able to act. But like, I mean, what it kind of put in my head. So imagine like this past election, if you had Donald Trump as president and you had to have Hillary as a vice president, they wouldn't. It would have been this. They would. They would have been fine. <laughs> they would have been fine. Seriously, like they would. There would be a different style of politics too if that uh, was the case. I and think they so too. Be so antagonistic, but you know, like that's what that that's all they have. Like it's well, all a con, right? They just have their play like their script to play for their base right mm. so they just have to play yeah, their i mean i wonder how it, i mean because things evolved into parties so soon after the fact and then when you did have that dynamic of one party holding vice president one party holding the office of president you had this constant bickering in the media within one administration to go ahead and undermine the other's agenda i i mean i don't know what the policy differences were back then but like you know they're pretty similar on policies now and like i said if the reason that they do this stuff now is because they can get away with being so intensely partisan you know, right it's all set up to cover for them being so irrational like i was saying before about like the you know the gop position is just objectively on its face that shit crazy so often <laughs> That they have this entire media apparatus to like prop it up and legitimize it and make it seem right. like it's like a cromulent policy, you know, decision. So, I mean, I don't know how much like it'd be really hard to like write a system worse than ours, right? Yeah. Just all the factors leading up to it. Just it's very entrenched power and it's very like silly, like yeah. You know, you know, but again, I think a lot of that has to go into the initial design of it. I think they know what they're doing, man. It's all, you know, it's all like a that they've been serving the interest of power and capital from the beginning. I think that's. I mean, I don't know if it's like baked into the the DNA of the country or whatever you want to say, like yeah. the foundations of the country, but like, I think the structural thing is that. Like, I think that's the. That's the common theme throughout our history. I think well, it's, there, you I know, think, and, but like that's what I think that like I, I do think there could be a reckoning for uh, the GOP, right? Like I do kind of think. I mean, after all of this, you have to kind of think that there's going to be some kind of reckoning. That's but, what I um, mean. Like I feel like they could lose their legitimacy, and it could sort of put the pressure on the Democrat. Like if they get, you know, take the majorities and they're you know in charge. Like, they probably won't, you know, they'll probably be like Obama and do nothing, right? Right. But, like, if they were to actually prove that there was a material benefit to having, like, a bigger government role or whatever it was, like, mm -hmm. they could do a long way to cementing their power for a while, right? But I don't think they will, you know, like. You know, I, I wonder what the, you know. you know, we could probably talk about this next time, but I wonder if Karl Marx had been um, alive and uh, wrote his uh, communist um, manifesto uh, decades before the formation of the country, how, what kind of influence that would have had on the founding of the country. I don't I mean, he corresponded with Lincoln, or I don't know if it was Marx, I think it was Engels, mm -hmm. but, or one of those guys, or maybe both of them. So, like, there's no reason that the influence couldn't have happened then, 
You know, like right. I don't think it's just like America like I feel like has always been just intensely capitalist. You know, like mm-hmm. I think that's been the thing because it was just so many resources to like divvy up and sell, and it just sort of like exploit. That, yeah, like like sucking everything I can out of this land, and it was like also probably some of that vibe too. Like I feel like a lot of like the original like European settlers were probably like unable to really like harness the land you know like they're probably like the forest and the farmlands and the mines and all were probably owned by like the same families for thousands of years and it just like got to america and it's just like you know hell yeah like i'm just gonna rip this up like just i feel like there'd be like would have been less reverence for the land initially right especially because yes. they were colonizers Yep. I feel like that just kind of set the stage, set the standard to just be as hyper exploitative as possible. And that's the legacy. You know? But like they, like that translates into, you know, white supremacy and all the uh-huh. other horrible stuff that people say. Yes. But I think it, it's like I don't think the country's founded on like necessarily like a, a principle of hatred so much as a principle of like exploitative capitalism you know i think that's the driving motivation for everything right yeah like, well all right then i think we'll we'll wrap it up there and yeah. um you can follow me at at tony westside 088 you know, thank you for joining us um, i want to get back to arguing with this liberal yep. about the uh, about the oh, wire you know, you got my co-host over here at DJ Tom Hanks. You can follow his whole diatribe when he goes in against yeah. the Chuds. <laughs> no, this is some liberal like. Um, oh, okay, you got the, the. I was like, I was like, the Wire's politics suck, and then all these like, <laughs> you know, Gen X Wire fans want to like yeah. come up, argue with me. I'm pretty sure one of the accounts I was arguing with was a David Simon Fox account too, it, but <laughs> it sounded just like him. Like, I was comparing him.
you thanks? What? Don't you say thank you? What?